0: This is the 5110 Podcast, and I'm your host, Travis Stockton. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. This is a podcast devoted to pursuing a clean heart and a right spirit. Uh, Today, we're going to go through Psalm 33. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, I have a news article or two I'd like to talk about, and then I figured we'd uh, provide a free resource, a free ebook uh, by Francis Chan. But before we get to that, let me jump into Psalm 33. Um, my family and I, as we're going through our morning devotions, we um, are trying to read a little bit of the psalms together, my wife and I decided that we would do this reading plan that includes a little bit of the Old Testament and the New Testament, the psalms together, and um, the psalms are the, the parts of the, the reading plan that we're using as our family worship time. Uh, And as I read through Psalm 33, it really kind of just struck me uh, that this is something that's really applicable uh, for today, something that we all need to hear um, and have applied to our lives with the current context and culture of things that are going on right now. Um, So let me jump in. Let me read it. Uh, I'm going to read from the ESV. This is my preferred translation. Um, So let's jump in. Psalm 33. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with a harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice, the earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands for ever; The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation, and by its great might it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our heart is glad in him, because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. As we read through this psalm this morning, I was struck by a couple of different things that I thought relevant uh the psalm really kind of starts off strong with a, a sense of praise for who god is uh, for the word of the lord is upright uh, all his work is done in faithfulness etc um, this is something that's really helped me um, in my own prayer life i found that as i dwell on the character of god on who he is it tends to draw me closer to him in prayer But not only in my prayer life but in terms of just a general desire for god in my life and to pursue him in my life i find that it's um, extremely helpful to dwell on his characteristics there are others who have done a really good job of providing resources uh in terms of his character Uh, tim Chalys, i know does a visual theology um infographics and a book that he's done that is really good um, that lists like all the different characteristics of uh, God, the attributes of God, and then describes how, the implications of those characteristics. So uh, David in the psalm does a really good job of dwelling on who God is and allowing that to be the basis of the intro to this psalm. The other part of that is that as you look at all the characteristics of God, it's the foundation for the rest of the psalm. Um, It's a psalm that reiterates the need, the the desire to lean on God during times of trouble. You notice specifically where it says in verse 20, Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in Him because we trust in His holy name. If God weren't all these great things that David talks about in the first part of the psalm, then this would make no sense. Um, in fact, the whole basis of our faith would be skewed and wrong. So it's it's important to recognize the character of God, rightfully so, and to allow that to affect our response towards him. The other part that I noticed as we were reading through this together as a family was just how much of a contrasted difference there is between the Lord's plans and the plans of the people or the plans of the nations. Um You see, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. In verse 8, but then skipping down to uh, verse 10, the Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. God, his plans, they don't fail. And... Yet the, the nation's plans, the, the plans of the people, he frustrates, and, and the council of the nations come to nothing. So whether or not the president um, should have done one thing or another in terms of his response to the coronavirus, or uh, whether or not the uh, country continues on lockdown, or whether or not we reopen, all of that comes to naught when God decides what he wants to do. Um And all the more better that God is, this God worthy of praise, that um, he is worthy of being called upright and faithful, that he is full of steadfast love. No matter what we do, he is in control, and he knows what he's doing. And so we as Christians don't have to worry. Um, We don't have to freak out as the rest of the world does, because we know that this steadfast, faithful, loving God Is in control and he knows what he's doing the past month or two has been play by play blows of how the coronavirus and everything is changing the world as we know it and it is very easy I speak from a confessional standpoint it is very easy to get caught up in the fear that that can equate to but we don't have to be afraid We can ask God to create in us a clean heart and to restore a right spirit within us, to have the right mindset as to who is in charge, who is over all things. With that being said, it's also important that we not bury our heads in the sand trying to ignore the things that are happening around us, but instead look at the things that are happening through a biblical worldview. To be aware of what's happening in our world and our culture and to just seek to influence those things and view those things from a biblical world view and one of the reasons i want to share these news stories with you is so that you can have an opportunity to be aware to speak to what's happening into the world around us from a biblical viewpoint i'm not the only one who would seek to do this to look at the news from a biblical worldview there are a couple of podcasts that I would recommend that do a better job of this than I do. Um, Albert Moeller does the briefing. There's also the world and everything in it. Um, but I wanted to at least share a couple of the news stories that I've seen come across so that maybe those who aren't listening to those podcasts would be aware of what's happening. Uh, last week, Japan set itself in a state of emergency until May 6th as a result of the coronavirus. Um, This may seem like a small bit of information and somewhat old since it was announced last week, but it has major implications for auto manufacturers in the US. Uh, My wife works at Subaru of Indiana Automotive, and she um, may see an impact on her job on the current furlough as a result of supplies and parts coming from Japan being Delayed um, as a result of the state of emergency. It's also near and dear to our hearts because we have kind of a, a passion for the Japanese culture and the people there. On the worldwide front, David Beasley, head of the World Food Program, addressed the United Nations Security Council, estimating that more than 250 million people could go hungry as a result of coronavirus. This is up from 135 million people that um, is the estimate of people who are currently suffering from hunger. We know that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and we don't always understand why some go hungry, but it appears that from this estimate that there is the potential of an increased hunger in the world. And we as Christians have to be ready to serve these people well. I know and there's this strong tendency to want to clam up and to hold on to resources if we're trying to protect ourselves and protect our family members. And there's a certain level of righteousness in wanting to be prepared and to care for the immediate people in our circles. But we also have to recognize that it's trying to hold on to anything of this world um, to save us, to protect us, to provide for us is idolatry. And so we have to be ready to take what God has given us and use it for his glory, for his kingdom. And it's important that as we see the potential for people who are suffering with hunger, that we as Christians step up. In more local news, we have two stories, two separate instances of attacks on parental freedom uh, with their children and parental authority. MSNBC host uh, Melissa Harris Perry argues that your children belong not to you but to the community that they're born into. Along the same lines, Harvard Law professor Elizabeth Bartholet uh, made an attack on homeschooling and parental rights by indicating that homeschooling should not happen and only happens because the state has not exercised its right to intervene on the parent-child relationship and that the state itself confers legal parenthood on parents, that it's not an innate, inherent right uh, for parents to have the authority over their children, and that the state has its own responsibility to step into homeschooling situations to prevent this from being the norm. My initial response to these stories immediately became you are wrong, these are my children, you don't have the right to infringe on my choice as to whether or not to homeschool my children, and you don't have a right to tell me that those are not just my children, that they don't belong to me. But then, there's a certain element to what they are saying that has an element of truth to it, because ultimately, from the Christian perspective, they aren't our children, they're God's. And God has entrusted them to us, but they're not ours. And what God decides to do with them is what God decides to do. And as we discussed at the very beginning of the podcast, it's God who's in control. And our plans for our children are likely to be upended by God's design and plan at some point or another. So we have to trust that our children are in God's hands. But as stewards of the children that he's placed in our care, it is our responsibility to make sure that we are aware that the state is trying to intervene on homeschooling rights, on parental rights, and the, um, the responsibility of the parent to steward their children well. What once was a common cultural norm of an assumption of parents' rights over a child as a result of the creator's. Uh, gifting of the child to the parents whereas our culture now says that a parent is only a parent because the state designates or gives legal rights to the parents over the child that they have helped create this seems to stem from a more socialistic understanding of uh, the family Uh, the child belongs to the community obviously a social mindset This socialistic mindset seems to be more and more pervasive in our culture, and it's one that we have to be aware of so that we as Christians can speak truth into these situations. As we seek to share God's truth about these situations, about the worldviews that people hold, it sometimes is helpful to find um, resources that connect us to God's word and truth. And today I did mention that there was a free ebook that um, is available. It's "Letters to the Church" by Francis Chan. It's a book that my wife and I have gone through and appreciated and valued, and um, would encourage you to pick up. If you go to Amazon.com, just type in "Letters to the Church" Francis Chan and do a search. Make sure that you click on Kindle. It'll provide the free ebook. And that brings us to the end of our second episode. Until the next episode, grace and peace.